I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Rico, what's the moral difference, if any, between a civilian and a citizen? citizen accepts personal responsibility for the safety of the body politic, defending it with his life. A civilian does not. The exact words of the text. Do you understand it? Do you believe it? I don't know. Most of you will not live to be in the mobile infantry. The trouble is you are not good enough the way you are. Answer your side. Oh, what's going on? to know more well you came to the wrong podcast i'm sebastian the enemy cannot push a button if you disable his hand i'm andy shostler <laughs> welcome to our review of starship troopers it had to be a zim quote yeah no, he's got the best lines in the movie there was a lot of really really good lines i just <laughs> went the one that like is said 17 <laughs> times because somebody would be like oh not medic <laughs> <laughs> oh so yeah Light duties again today. Got Andrew and just myself. Uh, Jordan's still out doing uh, musical stuff. And 
I can't remember what Alex said he was doing, but I'm sure it's I'm sure he's having a great time. It's always a lie with Alex. Or work or uni. It's normally one of the two. And I don't think it's uni because I'm pretty sure uni doesn't go back for a couple of weeks now. Seb, nobody works that hard. He does. He works hard for the money. So hard for the money. <laughs> um, but it's fine because yeah, we got a fun movie to do today. Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. I... So yeah, obviously we missed like four or five weeks in the beginning of like, beginning of the year just because of a, a cluster that happened on our schedule's end, and had a couple of spots to fill and looked at a, you know list of movies that were available to see and all that, and thought, oh, you know what Andrew would probably love to review with me, Starship Troopers. Hell yeah! Was I wrong? No, no, no. that's perfect. Good. I'm glad that uh, this is good. I, w- I watch this film on my own every every few months. Really, I love it. And not every few months, surely. Oh, uh, maybe two or three times a year. Yeah, yeah. I like this movie. I'm going to go into it a lot, but it's two hours long. It's a long movie. That's for me. That's the only downside. You're like watching it a couple of times every year. I'm like, God, it's so long. Oh, to be fair, I'm not, you know, paying 100% attention to it. Yeah. Especially anything involving Carmen. It's so boring. Involving who, sorry? Carmen. uh, Denise Richards' character. Oh, God. When she's just doing her piloting stuff and whatever. She's the favorite. Oh, I don't care about it. Out of the three main actors in this film, I think she's the most competent. No. No. Don't tell me you're in cast. I, I I pay attention to Zim scenes, to Michael Ironside scenes. Main, I'm talking about the main. <laughs> no, 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 I don't care about any of that. <laughs> Even poor Neil Patrick Harris is on the end about five minutes of the entire film. Yeah, he does. He's not in it very much. That's true. He's good in it. But, well, and I if, think I think this is a sort of project where, okay, you 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 sign yourself up for it because it may be a little bit of fun to to do a bit of role play it, you know you could you could do a little bit of political commentary with it as well and yep. a bit of satire if you happen to get what's going on but also if you've just got a bit part in it you can also distance yourself if it goes horribly wrong yep. uh, and you can say well yeah I did it for the money but you know I was only in it for five minutes I did it because it's a Paul Verhoeven film <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you say <laughs> how did I know what, what I was getting into and a damn good one yeah no definitely definitely is but um, it's his favourite film that he's made, apparently. Is it? So I read. Ooh, but not everything ooh, you read yep. can be trusted. No, that's true. So if you're, the name sounds sort of familiar, I guess the most well-known project of his is Robocop. Oh, and Total Recall? Yep, Total uh, Recall as well. this year. Leading up to, this was 97. So no, think, he did Hollow Man. I didn't realise he, he did. He did Hollow Man, but that was after this. He did Showgirls as well after this. Basic Instinct. Yeah. Oh, Basic Instinct he did before this, yeah. Yeah, so. But that's not as violent as this or Robocop or Total Recall. No, no, not at all. Um, Even Hollow Man was pretty violent from memory. Pretty violent, but not- For an Invisible Man story, I mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much a psychopath. Yes, and his name was Sebastian. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's the only part I remember of that film. And I think it's played by Kevin Bacon. Gotta watch out for all the Sebastians. It is Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Sebastian Kane. It's the last name that made him crazy. I think he he plays a Sebastian in X Men. Sebastian f- Shaw, uh, first class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. maybe it's the last yep. name Shaw as well. Yep. You can't be convinced. Yeah, yep. it's no, there's no correlation. <laughs> I've seen the Little Mermaid, and that crab is pretty normal. I'm surprised nobody here was called Sebastian. Me too, actually, given the cast and the fact that all of our leads are from Buenos Aires. Yes. <laughs> but what? What well, the hell was that? It is set, you know, 200 years in the future. So you you could argue that the whites have gotten into Buenos Aires. <laughs> everybody's moved around everywhere, yeah. right? So there's nowhere left um, 
certainly wherever the Federation has a reach that is different from from anywhere else. Yep. You know, which would make sense given it's sort of uh, the the government line of you know you owe everybody else service and you owe your life to to the government. A very very you know powerful idea for for a society that needs something to glue it together. And they're generally not terribly diverse. Those societies. Well, let's throw it back to <laughs> they're very homogenous. So this film is kind of poking fun at or showing. Uh, is it Seb? Is it uh, making fun of fascist societies? But I will say the whole idea of um, was it service um, rewards with citizenship is actually an old school Roman ideal. Oh yeah, certainly. So, so that, that's that's nothing new. But while it's, it makes fun of more modern um, ideas, I say modern in a, in, a, in a contemporary sense, World War One, World War Two, modern political ideas. The society is sort of structured closer to a classical Roman Empire sort of structure in that way. But it is making fun of more, I guess, oh, ter- terribly relevant. Just given the last couple of months, I guess as well. If you want to, not that I want to have a political discussion about, you know, some of the, the landscape changes that have occurred in the U.S. of recent. Um, there's, there's stuff to there's stuff to poke fun at there, possibly. So it's, it's one of those weird films that makes fun of the past and accidentally sort of <laughs> makes fun of the future a bit too. It's quite clever like that. Well, it was written by is it Robert Heinlein? Oh, Heinlein was the surname anyway. The book you mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. written written by him, and it w- was adapted a l- little bit from the you know a few things were changed um in order to to make the movie, but essentially it's it's his work, um. And he was mistaken as a fascist um, by <laughs> by people who either don't understand satire or uh, you know it was it was woven so so carefully that people didn't really understand it. And this this film too, for the most part, was for a long time mistaken as right wing propaganda. In fact, uh, when Michael Ironside was asked about it on the Adam Carolla show, um, he said he read the book as a youth, and he asked uh, Paul Verhoeven. Um, who grew up in in the Netherlands when the, when the Nazis were occupying it? Uh, why are you doing a right wing fascist movie? And Verhoeven replied, "If I tell the world that a right wing fascist way of doing things doesn't work, then no one's going to listen to me. But if I make a perfect fascist world where everyone's beautiful, everything's shiny, and everyone has big guns and fancy ships, and they're only good for killing fucking bugs, people will get it." Yep, and they didn't. And they didn't. <laughs> um, before we, oh, they really didn't. We'll put a pin real quickly. Uh, Robert Heinlein, the Robert Heinlein, the um, the writer of the story, not the movie, but the actual book, also wrote a book called All You Zombies, which is the book that that predestination time travel film was based off. Oh, really? So we've actually reviewed his sort of not his like I said, he's not a screenwriter per se, but his work prior to this in another right. film we've done. Right. Um, yeah. So this film. If you didn't catch it from the the trailer that you heard on the way in, <laughs> really sells itself as a fucking let's shoot some bugs, let's have some carnage action movie. Do you want to live forever, Marines? Aliens on the surface. That's exactly what it is. Um, which is what people went in expecting, and it it's, it delivers on that. I mean, it definitely fine. has a lot of that. It does. <laughs> um, but then when you get down to it, yeah, it is this sort of like a horrible society, like, and it's but everyone's all down for it. Um, which I guess is one of the more interesting parts of it because it just makes it unsettling in a way. Well, yeah. Are they are they all doing it because they think they have to in order to survive in the society, or are they genuinely convinced that this is the right way to do things? Yeah, it's it's a scary like world that. either either way you think about it. That 
you know, the idea that you owe your life to everybody else and it can be taken away from you and that's, and that's somehow a, a great service for everybody. The idea that he actually inserted literal and blatant propaganda into this film to show how society is being morphed through these little what? messages. And people still didn't get it when they first saw it. It was the most, <laughs> kind of the fun part about all this, I guess, looking at it back retrospectively. Like this film literally will put actual propaganda into it. <laughs> and people were still lost in it when it came out. When, when did you first see this? When it was in the cinemas. So wow. what year, 97? How oh, old were you then? Six. So I don't remember, but I saw it because I remember my dad. Really? The only reason I remember seeing it then is because the one comment my father made about this movie Nothing about the politics, nothing about the blood, the carnage, the insects. It was just like, it's really stupid that they uh, cluster all their ships together above the uh, above the planet <laughs> when landing, isn't it? Yep. Makes them very easy to hit. Certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only comment I remembered. And the only time I've ever been able to apply that sort of wisdom from my father is when playing Battleship. <laughs> probably don't cluster your ships too close together because it makes it easier to hit more than one of them at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally the only lesson I learned from this entire movie as a child. It was only when coming back to it as an adult, I'm like, oh, there's actually a lot more than just ship positioning as a That's lesson. That's a good lesson to have. I mean, he's not, he's not fucking wrong, but it's not the lesson that you should be taking for. I, I was talking about this with my wife mm. because she doesn't mind this film either. Uh, I love it. I, I, I saw it in the cinema when it first came out. I was 15 at the time. It had an R rating in the States, but only an M rating here. Hmm. Which is usually the case, like things are censored more heavily in the states. Uh, you know, like the, like there are seventeen years old restriction. Yeah, yeah. it was equivalent, and for the most part, still is equivalent to our fifteen fifteen year old M restriction. Yeah, an M here though feels like an MA. I would have gotten just because purely some of the people getting ripped in half. From sort of just a, a violence perspective, I thought this movie would have gotten at least an MA here. That's crazy. It is quite violent. Oh, no, it is MA. It is MA here. Was it at the time? I don't know. If oh. the MA restriction was around at the time. Oh, that's a good question. I don't so know. I think that came in late 90s. I'm just not sure if it came yeah. out before this film. Okay, well, it is an MA now. But, but that I'm, makes sense at least. Yeah. I was like, fucking MA. Because yeah. <laughs> MA, you can, if you're 15, you can see it with a with a, an adult, but M means a six-year-old can go see it by itself. It's just a recommended that you have supervision. But in MA, you yeah. need said supervision unless you're over 15. Or to be 15 to, to purchase the ticket. But yeah. If you were my cinema operator, you, you didn't really care. You, you, you were just happy for the money. Is this in Bundaberg, is it? or Gladstone. Glad, sorry. Why do I think Bundaberg? Bundaberg? Zane's from Bundaberg. And Bundaberg's a fine place, but it's not Gladstone. And Gladstone isn't Bundaberg for all you Bundaberg Andrew, fans. It, sure. it has its own fine qualities. I'm sure they're both as horrible as each other. <laughs> How dare you, Seb? <laughs> um, fuck, yeah, so this movie is a lot smarter than I think people were thinking it would be and a lot more tongue-in-cheek with that level of intelligence that it was bringing to the table as well. Yeah. And people were expecting a big dumb movie and they got a movie that they thought was dumb in the wrong way. I think it's since become more of a cult favourite. Definitely has, yeah. Um, and who knows whether it ended up making its money back. Uh, it did have a pretty big budget for the time, so $105 million. And I have to say, off that budget, the CGI effects that they had still hold up. They Those bugs look great. Oh, they really, you really do. They look real. I mean, you know they're not. You know it's all CGI, but you cannot tell. By by looking at the image, that it's uh, that it's fake at all. Ooh, 
Sorry, I got sidetracked, Andrew. There's a video game coming out next year, or this year, 2021, on Steam called Starship Troopers Terran Commander. It's like um, Red Alert or Age of Empires. It looks and, really crisp. And you can genuinely send all these young people to their deaths? Yeah. Murdering bugs? You won't even have to name them. It's perfect because they're oh, only troops. Perfect. That looks really That's fun. exactly the way you want it. I don't have a price on it yet. This is not an ad. <laughs> but just, I, just, I was just seeing, because I remember there being a video game that came out around the time, which is what got my interest more as a child, but I was trying right. to see if I could find the video game, but I can't. Well, a budget of 105 million, worldwide gross, it took 121 million. Probably didn't make its marketing back, but you never know with these things. It may not have been heavily marketed in the first place. Um, in fact, a few of the comments uh, I read of, of the cast and crew discussing it and just saying, yeah, if it, if it didn't have the, the R rating, if it had an M rating instead, uh, we probably could have doubled the, the, the box office. No, um, but I think this movie was part of it. Its marketing was a big violent bug killing movie. Like that's the yes, and it's good for the same reasons that RoboCop and Total Recall are good. I mean, Total Recall and RoboCop mm. get away with it because they're um, f- simpler stories. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to say that in a in a in a bad way because they focus on one character. This one does focus on Rico, but it does have a lot of the other characters going on as well that are important to to him and to themselves and showing what's going on. And so you're not following just Rico the whole time and it's not just what happens to him that is, you know, uh, he, he's not the only one that has to deal yep. with consequences in, in the film. But he's certainly the, the, the main, the main uh, focus of it. And for the record, we're talking about actor Casper Van Dien, who you might recognise from literally nothing else. Surprisingly... Despite him being most famous for Starship Troopers, he kind of leans into it, and he doesn't. He doesn't mind it. He's the bright kind of cheesy actor, and he's okay. He he, oh, yeah. he he gets it. He gets that this is what he's famous for, uh, and that he will be you know forever known as 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 Johnny Rico from Starship Troopers. That's it. No matter what else he does, he, oh. was, he was in um, Beverly Hills 90210 as well, and other TV shows, and he's done other movies. He was but, in Sleeping Sleepy Hollow, like the. Yeah, probably. The one of the rare Johnny Depp, bloody Tim Burton films I like. <laughs> um, God knows who he played. Oh, he was in Starship Troopers 3 as Colonel Johnny Rico. Yeah, that's the one that Verhoeven came back to direct. What? Yeah. He came back? Yeah. No, he didn't. No, Edward Neumier. Neumier. Didn't Verhoeven direct one of the sequels again? Uh, let me go into Verhoeven and I'll double check because I didn't see one. But God, if he did, why? I thought so. I, th- I thought he came back because the, 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 the num- number two was rubbish and number three was better. There's a fifth. There's, there's a Starship Troopers five. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. No, I can't see him directing anything I thought, else. Uh, four was the last one I knew of and that's Marauders. Starship I think. Troopers four, Marauders. But not him, thank God. Anyway. No. Oh, no, Marauders is three. Marauders Mar- is three. Marauder, yeah. And that's, on, that's when Marika came back. Something Invasion. Oh God! That's these are all like yes, straight yeah. to DVD if they're lucky, straight to streaming. I guess these days right. more, more apt. But despite its, uh, Casper Van Dien came back in twenty seventeen. Traders of Mars is that number four or number five? It doesn't have a number on it anymore. It's yeah, it, must, it must be number five. Traders of Mars yeah, and it has two directors. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. God. Yeah, that's that's good when a film has two directors because then. You get two points of view instead of just the one. Oh, oh, it's a uh, it's a CGI movie, which is what you want in a film. 
Yeah, it's a it's full CGI. Okay. So he's a voice. Voice. Okay. He's got a good voice. Why? Despite the Sorry. lackluster gross box office, um, it does have a pretty good rating, 7.2 on IMDb. So you know, solid B. More than Jumanji last week, which is a 7. Yeah, slightly up on Jumanji. And Rotten Tomatoes is in line with IMDb. 65 critical, 70% audience. Uh, whereas Jumanji was was uh, a little bit down on that rating. It was, it was in the mid-50s. Oh, so there you go. So it's aging better? I don't know. This one ages well for the political commentary. Definitely. I can agree um, to that, yeah. And the story is fine. The God, the visuals are just fantastic. They still hold up. Oh, they, know, it, looks, it, it looks really it, good. It looks, it looks like it could have been shot, you know, last week. Yeah. Uh, and it still looks good for that sort of film. But it does have a few moments. It does suffer from a bit of, you know, 90s kind of women are perfect. Um, women are perfect. Yeah. That, that women are perfect meme. Like anything Denise Richards touches is absolutely perfect. Is she the pilot? Yeah, she's yeah. the pilot. And she takes stupid risks, uh, you know, and you know does things at the last minute just to have that little, oh, look what I can do. And it always works out for her. Yeah, no, that's true. The other one, who is the other? It's too many no, she, she she can't make a she can't make a mistake, which is I don't know, annoying. Is Dizzy because it makes her seem un, un unreal? Yeah, Dizzy's the other woman. Isabella, she's great. Yeah. She's great. I think yeah, yeah. she's really fun. Um, Dina Dina Flores, I think. Yeah, yeah. Dina Meyer. Uh, Dina Meyer, uh, Dizzy Flores. Dude, that's yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, she's really good in it. Neil Patrick Harris, we mentioned before, is kind of barely in it, but he's he's fine. He's what you'd expect. He's, he's more as well. he's more close <laughs> to your modern Neil Patrick than he is to your Doogie Howser Neil Patrick Harris. On set, because of the uniform, it's it's obviously <laughs> Nazis. Know, yep, looking that he was called Doogie Himmler. Oh, <laughs> isn't that great? Oh. <laughs> um, Clancy Brown's in this. Oh, so Sim. good, so good. And yeah, you mentioned Michael Ironside as well. There's some really good and character Richard, actors yeah. in this film and they're yeah. really solid. Fantastic. Um, any specific trivia you want to get into before we start rolling oh, to I'm assuming yes. Yeah, yeah I figured. Uh, so more ammunition was used in this film than any previous one to date. That all checks out. I mean, everybody's firing a gun for like half the film. Yeah. <laughs> and keep in mind... This movie only really hits the war at about the hour mark of a two-hour movie because it's all yeah, it's all prepped the war. Let's let's show the indoctrination of these characters, getting them I mean, onto the mindset. It starts off with the war, the the news report of how the war oh, is. Oh, like that, a minute that, shot. That yeah. first invasion's going. Terribly, by the way. And then you join it halfway through and then the war continues from there. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good hour know. between yeah. when you actually get into the war. Yeah. Yeah. Casper uh, Van Dien was often asked why a blonde-haired, blue-eyed actor was cast to play an Argentinian. Uh, Juan Rico from from the from the book changed to Johnny for the for the film. He always explained it as being the descendant of exiled Germans because Argentina was such a popular place for uh, Nazi war criminals oh. to go on. Um, Interesting. Yep. But the explanation Verhoeven gives is that yet yeah, by the time. The Federation is in full swing, you know, 200 years in the future. Uh, yeah, it's just become a homogenous society and people just move around wherever they like. Um, you know, culture and heritage doesn't mean a thing because it's all about this modern society that, that we have. So everybody looks like everybody else. Yep. Which is 
Cool. Everywhere. Everybody looks like everybody else everywhere on the on the entire throughout the entire yeah. federation. So Japan isn't just mo- mainly Japanese people. It's a it's an even split of like everywhere. You whether you're in Japan or in Brisbane, you're going to see kind of a wash through of the same sorts of people everywhere because people have just spread so thinly. Oh, spread so out. What is that? Or, or they bred out people, or they've been subjugated by this yeah, society. They've definitely been bred out given this world. Yeah, <laughs> bred out, or they're used as you know labor. Yeah. Or whatever. So you just don't see them walking around as as you normally would. Interesting answer. Because there were African Americans in this. I'm trying to struggle to think if there were actually any Asian characters. I'm thinking we're granted extras. I'd I be didn't looking see at, any Asian characters. Leads. I mean, you had the Hispanic guy who goes mad for battle at the first uh, at that first Clendetha landing. Yep. Um, the one that wants to be a writer. Yep. From 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 the shower scene. Uh, and yeah, you've got you've got black people there too. Mm. Um, you got oh, I mean Flores, Hispanic Hispanic family, but yeah, she looks completely white. So well, Johnny Rico looks yeah, completely white. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. Interesting. All right. Uh, so speaking of the shower scene, <laughs> both uh, both Gina Meyer and Casper Van Dien confirmed that director Verhoeven and cinematographer Joost uh, Vazzano, yeah, Vacano Vazzano, um, shot the shower scene in the nude themselves. And this was on a dare from Dina Meyer. The story goes, on the day of the shoot, Verhoeven asked the cast to do a little fashion show, but without the fashion, right? To just get them used to being naked and, yep. and, and walking around uh, in, 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 in front of the camera. Uh, when they were reluctant to disrobe, Verhoeven asked them what the big deal was, to which Dina Meyer responded, Paul, if it's no big deal, why don't you do it? So he did. <laughs> as well as Vizzano. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There was a little bit of a shock. There was a bit of a good laugh. Van Dien reportedly yelled, oh God, do you know why? <laughs> yep. And then they shot the scene where everybody was naked. Yep. Even the guys behind the camera. <laughs> I've seen Star Troopers. It's a good scene too. It's yes, a, yeah, yeah. Everybody's, you know, very comradely and you know, happy. I've seen number two, I think it was, or three, I think it was two. And there's a shower scene in that film, which has led me to believe that there's a shower scene in every one of them. And I could be wrong, but that's just my headcanon, that there must be a shower scene in all of them. Certainly in Robocop Internal Recall, um, this film keeps the tradition of tits in Verhoeven films. Yeah. You see tits in all of them. I'm I'm now searching something I don't want to search to see if there's a shower scene <laughs> in every one of these Everyone. films. Well, again, on the shower scene, because it's so memorable, Casper uh, Van Dien again um, was talking about a funny incident when he was picking up his daughters from school. Mm. He was oh, I forgot, to put, I forgot to put my costume on. <laughs> <laughs> He's just naked. So yeah. Not quite that bad. Like when Doc fucking yeah. um, Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> went to the comic book store in full Doctor Strange gear from the set because he forgot to get changed. Of or course, some shit. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. exact same thing. Yeah, like, oh, I forgot to put pants on. Oh. Oh. Actors, am I right? <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Oh, yeah. oh wait. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. You, you misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> I just come from the set. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. Um, he's picking up his kids, his, his, his girls, and there are a bunch of uh, 10-year-old boys sort of, sort of there. Uh, he pulls up and the and the boys go Johnny Rico Johnny Rico why didn't you tell us your dad was Johnny Rico? Uh, where he says what are you doing watching Starship Troopers? And they said oh our dads made us made us watch it with them. The daughters get in the car and they start driving away, and the ten year old asks Dad, were you really naked in Starship Troopers? He replies yeah. <laughs> she replies how could you do that to me? 
<laughs> then the eight-year-old says, wait, like naked, naked? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> she goes, oh, my God, my life is ruined. <laughs> At least in my cut, to be fair, you don't actually see anything on the guys. No, everybody's topless essentially, you, you know, and, yeah. and and you see butts from the yeah from the back. Um, what was the I was complaining about a lack of Wang in another movie. What was that one? Oh, I can't remember, Seb. But if it's a lack of Wang that that is your oh, problem, you know, shit. I can sort you right out. Uh, there was a movie that had specifically a lack of penis, but there was penis. Oh, Terminator. Terminator, you want more penis? No, in Terminator, you do see you do see Wang, but depending on the cut of the movie you got, oh, aha, that's you right. didn't see Wang, but on the cut that I had, there was Wang. On the cut that like Jordan watched, there was no Wang, and I had to show him my cut to show him that I did, in fact, get Arnie Wang on my film. That's right. Yeah, but no Wang yeah. in this film. Thank you for bringing that up, Seb. That, uh, Is there a segue that you can use yeah. on the Arnie Wang? No, no, it's just nice to know that you that you like to talk about Arnie's Wang and, and, ha- and how much of it you've seen. I was just surprised that I saw it. Mm. And, 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 and that you wanted more. I thought that I wanted more, but I was fine with the level of Wang I did get. <laughs> it was just more like I didn't know that I was going to get Wang and I got it. I was like, oh, that's a fun surprise. <laughs> um, <laughs> any more Any more specific notes of trivia or want to roll into No, there's a, there's a lot you could get through, but they're the, they're the sort of funnest ones I could find. Yep. Well, yes, yeah, so this movie is really interesting. Um, so I'm going to try to articulate what it does, but effectively it's showing that a horrible fascist society bent on war and having citizens make prove their worth to contribute doesn't work the best. What? It's perfect. Everybody's happy at home and all it takes was half the population being shipped off off world to kill a bunch of bugs that they themselves, you know, are sacrificed to. And also, That's all it takes, Seb, for th- a perfect society. This movie, uh, lovingly for me, plays the idea of, we're not even sure why the war started. Did the bugs attack us? Did we attack them? We don't know. Did you did you happen to catch the reason that the war started? Well, the bugs the bugs through the through the first uh, did they fired the first shot? Did they though? Absolutely. I don't think that's clear from the movie. No, <laughs> they fired the meteor at Buenos Aires. We were already at war with them before that happened. What? Yeah. No way, Seb. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Everybody's just happy going about their daily lives, shopping. Yep. As any good, you know, consumer would do, shopping for all the locally produced goods that we have. Yep. You know, keeping everybody in business. And, and for then, no whoa, reason. Oh, this meteorite, just for no reason. This meteorite raises so many questions. So these bugs are presented in the movie by the the government i guess or by by the by the leaders of the world as these senseless killing well, machines no you see is the federation has has a very efficient method of dispersing the news and they've simply integrated all the you know you know media communications and everything else into the one one you know branch of government so all the news is completely centralized yeah so there's no risk of getting a false report because you won't have conflicting reports exactly. See, it's a very efficient way of doing things yeah and this efficient way of producing the news uh, you mean I, reporting the news yes Come on, there's, there's no, no manufacturing yeah. no, no, no. of facts Seb. you're just reporting yep. actual truth um, has painted these bugs as these mindless killing machines. They're arachnid. Have you seen them? They're so ugly. They're they are disgusting. scary looking and mm. they should be feared because they're different looking. Yes. Um, that's exactly the reason. And because they're violent and they want to kill your babies. Probably. But we don't know why. 
And we don't know when this all started. God, Sam, they don't need a reason. They're so mindless and hell-bent on destruction. They want to destroy the very fabric of our society. They need to be eliminated. So everyone believes this, the, the thing that you're saying. <laughs> but they launch a fucking meteorite at Earth, which shows that they are on some level immensely intelligent. They launched a meteorite. We couldn't do that today if we wanted to. Look, I think that this is one of those brilliant things uh, in the movie where there's a deception that even the audience doesn't see through and buys. Do you reckon it was just a meteorite? They're on the other side of the galaxy. They had nothing to do with this. It just It's just a meteorite that just happened to land yep. on Earth. It's, it's got nothing to do with the bugs. They're yep. on the other side of the galaxy. It would take 100,000 years at light speed if they launched this thing for yep. it to get there. They had nothing to do with this. And what's worse is even if the bugs did have something to do with this, you know what that shows? They're intelligent. <laughs> and they're not these mindless machines. So you either have it's just a coincidence and you've overreacted to nothing or it's not a coincidence and they did do it and you're actually dealing with sophisticated and intelligent organisms and both mean you don't do what you do next come on seb everybody knows that a little bit of intelligence goes a long way and we looked at the planet with our spy glasses and we didn't see any activity so we knew it must be safe for everybody to land and just run around the planet however they like it's going to be fine. So you're talking about when they when we first interacted? The initial Clendathu landing, yeah. Oh, no, I meant, I'm trying to go back to when did this all start? I'm curious. Did Is it a case of, do you reckon, like, the movie doesn't flat tell us, to be fair, but did humanity just try to expand and it turns out, oh, this planet's taken? Well, no, you've got the, you've got the Mormon settlement. Um, the Mormons that settled on the planet later in the movie. Yeah. Right, when they're sort of cleaning out the, the outer rim of planets around Clindathu. Is when they first get the hint of the brain bug? Uh, what's that one? Yes. Yeah, because they find the man at the console who had his brain sucked out? Yes. This, that planet? Yep. That planet. Yep. So that was a Mormon base that was established, uh, or a Mormon sort of settlement or whatever, yep. um, that yes, the bugs saw as an, in, as an invasion, and they cleared out the thing. And as a response to that, the, the first Sky Marshal goes, well, fuck it, we'll just land on Clendathu and wipe out the bugs. But that's the. F- but it turns out they're clever mm. and it's a massacre. Yes. And he resigns in disgrace and the new Sky Marshal says, oh, no. excellent, we'll do something different. We'll do exactly the same thing, but not on Clendathu. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh. And, oh, and we'll let our bombers bomb first. We'll that, do that. That's-, that's, that's my brilliant insight into. <laughs> into military tactics. Thank you very much. I will receive all the accolades. Thank you. More medals for me. I guess what I'm curious about is it, there never seems to be a resource scarcity issue, which would be pushing for why humanity wanted to conquer these planets. It comes down to more, we just want to squash them because we're better than them sort of thing. Like that's the, the you know. And to which I ask, when we have a society that, some of the troopers are literally carrying miniaturized nuclear missiles on them. Why not just nuke the planets and just kill everything with proper size nukes? 
Well, because then you'll make it unhabitable for some time. Well, that's the thing. They you'd, have, you'd have to go in and clean up all the radiation. But they, they never hinted that they wanted the land. They just hinted like, we need to stop these bugs from killing us. Like they, they, the, the pitch to the people is, we're at risk. Because the point isn't to conquer anything. It's to keep the military functioning. It's to keep enemies for this military so that you have the military, should anybody at home ever rebel, yep. you've got the guys there bloodlusty and ready to start firing at anybody that they're their superiors tell them to fire yeah. at. So there is, the war itself doesn't exist. It's them making a war to validate their existence as soldiers. Well, well keeping the war going. Yes. So that Wherever they, it happens to be, you keep your military fighting because you want, you want everybody at home to be used to people dying. Yep. Right, and for that to be normal. And you also want the soldiers fighting to be used to killing. Yep, because there's going to be plenty of that. Should anybody ever rebel, yep, against the against the federation. So it's manufacturing a almost legitimate reason for there to be a military. Yeah, to keep a military active. Yeah, yeah. it's really clever for a movie that's about <laughs> about bugs. And as a result of that, you do have to keep expanding uh, because that's what keeps everything growing. And these poor bugs are just. It could have been any. It could have been any race, but it just happened Doesn't to be matter. these big bugs. But it could have been uh, marshmallow people. But it would have been the same thing. Yep. Yep. It's a wild ride, isn't it? But it literally dehumanizes, you know, the enemy. They are intelligent bugs, right? They are an intelligent species, but this society calls them bugs as you would insects down here, brainless insects here. Yeah. Well, I, I was watching this with my girlfriend and explaining, like, during World War Two, like, the propaganda going out from the from the Nazis as well, comparing the, the Jewish population to rats, like, dehumanizing, taking away what makes them... People and mm-hmm. so you don't think of them as people; you think of them as rodents and disgusting. Mm-hmm. These little tactics used in this case, it's so much easier for these people because they are literally big bugs. Yep. Or you know, they, they they look like big bugs. So for them, it's half the job has been done for the society in this yeah. movie because they're their enemies. Whether you want to sympathize with them or not, they are scary looking they, by nature. In the film, they start off being called arachnids, but very quickly, all the reporters start using the word bug. Yep. It's an ugly planet. It's a bug planet. Yep. That's exactly yeah. it. It's, yeah, like I said, I don't think people were ready for this sort of story when they went into it. They were ready for, yeah. An action film? An action film against big bugs. Not an action film against big bugs that makes you question why are we doing this. Yeah, it's also that on the surface. And I think mm. you can enjoy the film if that's if that's all, all you're going in for. But I think if you... You don't, you don't get the full... Yeah, color of, of the whole thing, but it's still fine. And if you go in just for action, you're going to get your action. It's all really good, but I do think genuinely the movie doesn't play its well play as well if you go in with the understated version of it. It is just a bug killing movie because I don't think it's that en- as entertaining in that as it is as like a political sort of satire. Right. I think you do get more out of it watching it for what it actually was intended to be, as opposed to what it actually ends up. Or what you would you maybe would have thought it would be? I don't think it can right. play. I don't think it hits ten out of ten on both. I think it's you know towards the tens as to what we actually got. But if you if you just thought you were getting a dumb bug movie and you just somehow missed all the subtext going on, <laughs> I think it comes out as shitty because the acting's not great. It's cheesy. The action's really no. cool, but the action's only you know forty five minutes out of the two hours. Everything else is boring. You know. I think apart from the scenes with Denise Richards, yep. which really are kind of awful. Because she's just such a, per, you know, she never does anything wrong. Yep. And she, everything always works out for her. And it's a, it's a bad way to, to, to have a character. 
you know, even when she's she's challenged, it always it always comes out fine. She yep. always survives it or, or whatever. Um, and she uses all the all the men around her to her advantage. Right? Awful, awful character, and just mm. makes it a boring story. Right? I'm I'm not saying it's not well done. Like it's 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 well done as far as the the commentary on that is concerned. That there are people like this who will, you know use you, chew, chew you up and throw you out. Yep. Which is a sort of allegory for the society as a whole, that they'll just get what they need out of it, the Federation will get what it needs out of you and toss you to, to the side and, yep. and forget about you because she dumps Rico when she you know gets to the military. She had a good time in high school, but now she's she's off to, to fleet and she dumps him, Xander. Um, he dies when she's in front of the, the bunk. He's the sacrifice. Yep. For the for the bug and she manages to, to, to fight it off after he gives her the knife. Uh, so either she's convincing these <laughs> these men to, to do her bidding, uh, just like just like the Federation does, convinces you to you, you get wrapped up in the propaganda and yes, this is my duty, I have to do this. Yeah. But watching it, it's horrible and I hate those scenes and they're boring and I don't like those. With the exception of those, very well acted everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, Casper was a good choice in the sense that he naturally, unfortunately, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he comes across as the sort of airheaded douchebag sort of character. But very he is easily. at the start. Yeah, he, he's very manipulable. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Mani- it's manipulable, easily Man- manipulated, easily okay. manipulated. Yeah. That's maybe what I'm thinking of. Um, no, I agree, and, and I think he's the bendy. right fit for that. He's very bendy. Yes, <laughs> um, and he's the perfect foil because he's exactly the kind of. You look at like these US schools or the army recruiters coming through and poaching. He's exactly the right kind of fit for that because he's yes, he's just waiting. He's you know wet clay waiting to be taken shape into whatever. And not only that, when he does harden up, he takes the shape of Radchek. of his teacher. Yep, which and is this, one of the best actors in the movie. It's a good and choice. It's this constant cycle of death and renewal that you know the next generation is exactly like the previous one because that's what the Federation wants because you can. You can run a society predictably from that. Yeah. If everybody's behaving the same way, and the whole life cycle is exactly the same, that's good. We yep. can we can continue that forever. Um, as for the plot, though, specifically, it's pretty basic stuff. Like they go to war. That's it. They um. He grows as a as a person. He yeah. realizes he has to, um, you know, he in in order to, to he. He makes a mistake joining in the first place, and then he sort of doubles down and says, "Well, I'm not going to make a, another mistake and and uh, uh, you know leave um, yep. and, and and quit at the at the start when when the whole war starts." Uh, and he says, "No, no, no! I've I've, I've made this. I'm going to play at these consequences, and I'm going to follow how this goes." And he rises slowly through the ranks. He you know he's responsible for a cadet's death. Um, and he takes his punishment for that. That scene He's, stuck with me as a kid. Yeah. The cadet getting shot in the head. I remembered it. I was like wincing it coming up because I knew the scene was coming up. In the end, it's not as horrifying as I remember it being. It was still pretty... Mm. But for some reason, that really stuck with me as a kid that I was like nervous coming up because I knew the second someone's helmet came off, they get shot in the head. Of course. Um, good scene though. Good scene. They really stretch out that first hour of the film before war is declared. You know, it's a it's about an hour of the film. Half the film is prepping war. Like you'd expect well, to jump right into it. Because they're they're kids at the start. They're yeah. kids, and everything is fun. You know, the games are fun, and it, and winning is feels good, but losing is 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 not that bad. It it just means you feel bad. But then the cadet dies, 
and you realize, hold on, I can still win and not feel all that good because, you know, it, it comes there at a cost. Costs, winning, yeah. winning comes at a horrible cost. Uh, so by all means, don't lose because it's going to feel much worse. And yep. so then you double down when you when you and that's when he starts to to fight harder, you know. And he genuinely becomes a hero because he doesn't uh, he knows how much it sucks to to how much it's going to suck to actually lose when everybody dies. Yeah. Um. Oh gosh, I was going to go. We we missed we missed out on um. So we got the pilot. We've got Rico. We've got his like his love interest as well. I guess Neil Patrick Harris is really the fourth piece from like their childhood going into into the academy. So they get split off in the beginning. Yeah. Rico's dumb, so he goes to mobile infantry. That's effectively it. Um, What's her name? Sorry. um, Carmen. She's good at math, so she goes off into uh, the academy to be a pilot. I guess Dizzy is also not as intelligent because she ends up in mobile infantry as well. Who knows? But yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. She volunteers for that because she's got a thing for... Rico. Imagine volunteering for the most dangerous role in the world. That's crazy. Anyway, so she's she's following him in the same way that he joined. Excuse me, joined joined the service because of Carmen. Carmen, yeah. And then we got Carl, so Neil Patrick Harris' character, who is who is super smart, cunning, and psychic. Yes, and he joins the SS. <laughs> Essentially, <yeah. laughs> he effectively gets put into what do they call it? It's some weird name, but he's like their strategy division, like their research, yeah. their R and D intelligence. Team. Yeah, um, and he just becomes a Nazi. Um, but he's there. Yeah, he's also meant to be partially psychic, which comes up at the beginning of the film that he's, tr- he's seeing if Rico is psychic. He doesn't establish that he is in fact psychic. And then at the end, it's revealed that he was psychic all along and sending. Yeah, sort of. That was a weird bit at the end. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah. But in fact, at, at one point in the film, it's revealed that, uh, yeah, he, he let everybody, or he let this operation happen on this planet that he knew would be a horrible massacre. Thing because they needed to test the bugs and see how intelligent they were. Yep. And yeah, you just use people as you as you will for that. So sorry it had to be your unit, uh, Johnny, but uh, it was a numbers them's, game. Them's the breaks. Yeah, it's yeah. a numbers game. Which is crazy, but also, I mean, everybody is dispensable. It's, it's, everybody it's, is replaceable. You're just a cog in the machine, and if you get shorn off, then we'll just replace the cog. It's a very Russian military tactic as well. What's that? Like having the numbers and being able to like play these little games just to be able to work out responses to then get the data to then use it properly somewhere else because you've got the numbers there that you can afford to have tactical I don't think there's losses. anything particularly Russian about that. That's just, from my doing like World War Two back in high school, that's just what I got from it. I might be wrong. I'm sure there's academics that could shoot that down. But um, Well, yeah. if you've got more soldiers than the enemy has bullets, then you're going to win the battle no matter what happens. Well, yes, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I guess like one of the, the through lines of the film as well is some members of society are saying the bugs are definitely smarter than you're making them seem. <laughs> What's going on here? And then there's like the sort of the voice box being like, no, they're not. Don't you're being ridiculous. You're so stupid. It turns out, Oh no, they are smarter and we're going to work it out now. And it's about kind of tracking down. They call it the brain bug, like the one that's in charge that's working out these mm-hmm. tactics for them. And that's sort of the, the combination of this film is the capture of the brain bug and it's meant to be like the turning point in the war, which I guess, it, I mean, we don't really find out in this film if it is, but then being able to work out now- It's certainly the, symbolic when they capture it. Yeah. Yes, there's that horrible line where Neil Patrick Harris has to like read the emotions of the brain bug. He starts sc- <laughs> screaming out to the masses that it's afraid. It's afraid. Like, well, we've won the war, we've scared yeah. them, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird film for all the reasons we've discussed, but also the fact that it's also this 
ridiculously well shot action film that's tense the entire way yeah. through even in scene all the attack scenes bar the one at the beginning the one that we come back to in the beginning of the middle point are all daytime scenes yeah and they're all still yeah. scary to a level like these bugs are a terrifying opponent so as an action scene it's really yeah quite threatening i got weird vibes which reminded me of a movie that i now want to go back and rewatch again wow i love this movie edge of tomorrow Yes. From the battle scenes. And yes. they're completely different, but there was just some sort of, apparently you, you put an automatic gun in someone's hand and I think of that movie. But similar vibes in a sense for just how scary some of these sci-fi battles can be when shot the right way. When you've oh, got yeah. these physically imposing opponents on there that you as a human ha- don't quite get. Well, even more so when they're, you know, spindly, and they've got you know many more legs, and they move in unpredictable ways. They yep. don't move like you know enemies that you that you're used to. Well, you think it's dead, and it's just got that one little bit of life left in it because you can't read yep. its face to know oh is it dead or not, and it yep. stabs through you. Like it's that uncertainty. Like you don't even know if the bug's dead yet. But that's <laughs> that's how weird they look that you can't tell when you've killed it. Yeah, and that's yeah really concerning to a different to a certain point. So as an action sort of. I wouldn't say horror, but as like an action piece like that, it serves like a bit of anxiety with it. Like while watching it, you're a bit on edge and they're all in daylight. I said bar one. That's that's the, probably the most frightening part that yeah, everything here happens out in the open. Yeah. It's not like they're getting stuck in small corridors and backed up. There's just so many of them that yeah. it doesn't matter. Like that's the threat. And it's it's ants, it's army ants coming out of a hill, you know, like fuck me. Like, yeah, this is it. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> Are there any other like specific scenes that you wanted to, to go on go into though before we roll into verdicts? I guess I really like Clancy Brown and how he plays Zim in this one. So the drill instructor scenes involving him at the start of the film kind of establish as well that he knows, um, you know, he knows exactly what's 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 going on with this society, but he's playing along and doing his part uh, because that's how you that's how you survive. With Zim, I remember him at the end. He was the one that trained them, right? Yes, the, okay, the yep. drill instructor. George yeah. Yep, and then he ends up being like the savior at the very end, which is just a nice little. Because in order to see combat, he would have to, you know, resign the commission that he had or whatever, and be busted down to private. And he takes that because he wants to be a part of the war. Yep, which once again is terrifying. And and Rancek as well, Michael Ironside. Um, he's another character that, again, he knows exactly what the society is about and what's going on, um, but he's leaned into it so heavily and either been corrupted by it or just doesn't care anymore um, yep. about about being good. He just, yeah, I have to be tough to survive and I win when other people, when, when the enemy dies. Yep. So let's kill them all. Oh, it's... It's so and, and and I'm going to be tough and, and mean about it because that's how we win. It's genuinely, it's a very bleak film. It's a very strong warning for what happens to a society when you focus on one issue. When, yeah. the, inter- when the entire society focuses on one issue and, and the one issue in this one is winning the war. Yeah. And if all you're caring about is winning the war, you will... You will, you know, sacrifice all your liberties. You'll sacrifice your humanity for this one goal. That, you know, if you stop to think about it, does it really matter? If you mm. if you win the war, does it does it matter? The bugs are on the other side of the galaxy. 
Yeah. Are they are they a threat? Are they it, really a threat? We're, we're going to them and saying, oh, how horrible it is that we got massacred while we were invading their planet. Yeah. Is that really a threat? If you buy if into you, the meteorite thing uh, that they did that, yeah. sure. <laughs> but when you read into reality and realize that's impossible and they didn't do it, then yeah, you're just lining up to die for no reason. And and I think it's a really, for me, it's it's always served as a great warning for that, that don't react to things the second they happen and don't just don't just listen to whatever the 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 common line is think about what's going on if you care about surviving because just living is not enough yep oh, bleak so, right but everything's so shiny Seb. everything is shiny so shiny we've got new stuff and everything's loud and the guns work brilliantly and they have infinite ammo essentially yep oh, this fucking there was that okay I, how sick- advanced our society is. We've got ships that can fly to the other side of the galaxy. We've got guns that never need to be reloaded, Seb. This society is perfect. The guns really don't need to be reloaded. <laughs> There's that scene where Rico gets almost killed and he turns. He has like a shotgun and he blasts like 10 times into bugs. Yeah, if you run out of your machine gun bullets, you've got shotgun bullets. Yeah. How did he survive that, by the way? Do we ever get... He should know. be dead, right? He should be dead. The camera... Yeah. It, the it, camera it, turned it, off. It's a, it's a big fake out, yeah. All right, yeah. well, I think we should roll into verdicts then. Yeah? Ooh, what have I done? Nothing. Verdicts it is. You've heard the good, you've heard the bad, a lot of opinions, a couple facts, it's verdict time. Yeah, I definitely recommend this film. Just like you said, I think we've harped on it a lot. Don't go in expecting a big, dumb action film. You get, you get your big, dumb action. And it's really well, really, really well shot, and it really stands up today. But you've got to watch this film... You know, going in knowing that you're going to see a bit of a critique of a form of government. It makes it so much better when you repay mm. yourself for that. And for me, I mean, this is probably the point that we differ on. I think without that extra bit of critique and that 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 extra layer, I don't think the movie would stand up too well. Um, it might. I mean, action wise, the scene, the action scenes excluded. Like, you, if you take those out and just look at the plot of the film without that extra lens on it, I think that would be kind of a terrible film. I think it needs that to stand up. But the action scenes are great like visually this film is fantastic and you'll have fun with it from that perspective and yeah there's a reason looking at the video game because it would make a really good video game that's the kind of shooter i would like to play that looks really fun that's not the lesson i should be taking from this film (laughs) but as a game yeah no no problem at all but i just personally feel like if it didn't have that extra political layer to it it would just be kind of rote for me anyway i just i feel like there would be enough for me there but it luckily it did and it's great so yeah big recommend from me but it is a satire and a good satire at that. And if you can appreciate it um, at that level, then it's a, it, it, it's a film that just holds up. Yep. You know, as I say, I watch it two, two or three times a year just, I don't know, as a, as a bit of a boost for the, for the soul. Or, <laughs> the morale? No, just that, thank God we don't live in a place like this. And if we ever do, let's do what we can to, to stop it because yeah. you know, I don't want to live in a world like that. No, not at all. I mean, thank. I guess the one source is at least they're attacking some random other race and not doing it to ourselves again. Yeah, but that's barely a that's barely a win. Yeah, and I get to see Casper Van Dien. And you get to see Casper Van Dien. I'm genuinely curious of the of the sequels if they do go the. I am imagining because it's like I watched number two, but years and years and years ago, I have no memory of it. If they go the angle with continuing the, as uh, I I think I saw the third movie once. And the bugs are still in that. Oh no! So I mean, do they go the angle of still portraying what we're doing as 
it's the wrong thing or oh, if it right. just leads straight into a big dumb action film. Because I, I, I suspect it's probably going to do that. I think because they're not as notable and they're not talked about that they did just descend into dumb action films. And if Verhoeven wasn't involved in any of them, he certainly wasn't for the second one, yep. uh, then yeah, it probably did go. Well, what I might do is I've got a couple of credits on my Audible account. I might get the audio book of the Ooh. original and give that a listen to um, just because that might be the way to go. Um, yeah, just to see how yeah, it rolls out. And maybe one day I'll talk about it when the Variety Hour eventually comes back eventually. Not, not this week. In the meantime, find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast. Or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Second Take Podcast. And send us an email at Second Take Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet me at Bastion underscore James and Jordan at Jordan MSPP. And we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Second Take. <gasps> Do you think in all this time, Andrew, I would have looked up the schedule to find out what we're doing next? I am not surprised that you didn't. No, feel, quickly, Phil, 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 I'm going to look at my Google Drive account and find the... Uh, you say that like I yeah, am not used to filling, Seb. Yeah, continue, just... just, you, know, just you need me to keep talking mm-hmm. in order to cover the fact that you haven't done your job and are letting the audience down. It's loading right and now. And are letting me down, Seb? You know how much you've let me down? If A I lot? had to, If I had to write about every single time that my heart broke because of something you did, there would not be a single tree standing, Seb, from the amount of paper I would need. Speaking of trees, um, <laughs> we actually start our Brendan Fraser five oh, films. Oh, yes. So we're doing George of the Jungle next week. Oh, so that's trees, gosh. that's jungle. Um, George of the Jungle, and then the week after is Blast from the Past. Hey, there's a good one. We've got five of them in a row. So hope We're not like, doing Monkey Burn, are we? That's the last one. Oh, fuck off. I put that there because I'd be the one that we could probably talk about the most because it's the weirdest one. Uh, so George of the Jungle, Blast from the Past, Dudley Do-Right, Bedazzled, and Monkey Bone. Okay, two of those are good. I've not seen, I've only seen out of that whole list, Blast from the Past, Bedazzled, and Monkey Bone. I've never seen Dudley Do-Right or George of the Jungle. The kids' films. I'm sure they are. I can't wait. No, not in a good way, Seb. The- Blast from the Past is good, though. A yeah. memory, anyway. And Bedazzled it's been a while. is good too. I remember Bedazzled being quite enjoyable, but not perfect. Well, we'll see though. We got lots of stuff, but yeah, we'll um, we'll, what was the what was the movie we wanted, we wanted to throw in there as well? What was the um, oh god, uh, not um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but uh, oh, we'll have to listen to this. Oh, I never do. We'll get Alex to listen to it. Yeah, he'll let us know. All right, <laughs> wonderful. We'll be back next week, and I hope you like Brendan Fraser because you got five weeks of it. Oh, I love Brendan Fraser. Me too. He's quite lovely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, horses.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.